Learn more about the albums you love with Dissect, a music analysis podcast hosted by me, Cole Kushner, a lifelong musician. Each season of Dissect dives deep into one album, examining the music, lyrics, and meaning of one song per episode. We've covered albums by Kendrick Lamar, Tyler the Creator, Frank Ocean, just to name a few, and our brand new season just launched all about Radiohead's 2007 masterpiece, In Rainbows. Listen to Dissect on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, because great art deserves more than a swipe. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. What does motion sound like? With Kizikans Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome into the Ringerverse. This is, of course, the Ringers Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. We are Steve the Architect Almond, the builder and tinkerer of things. Mr. Mr. Nice Hair. Mr. Nice Hair. Steve Wispy. I like just came out of the shower. Wispy, wispy hair. We are Jomi the Explainer at Dinner On. You've got questions. He's got answers. Another fantastic haircut here on the Midnight Boys. Good I do what I got to do, baby. The older Midnight Boys are not showing up very well. On the haircut front. <laughs> no, not really. We are. <laughs> Old Man Van, he of the receding, resurgent hairline, November 20th. <laughs> we are Cold Baby Chuck, 24 karat closer, better known as the Brunch Hottie. Together we are known as uh, the Midnight Boys. <laughs> All right. Follow us on socials. A lot going on over there on the socials. It's a Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Save Jomi's job. Jomi's socials, socials update right now. What you got? Oh, man, it's great. You know, we're having a blast over there. You know, we did a lot of stuff last week that I thought was really fun. So continue to follow us on Instagram and TikTok specifically. That would be fantastic. Instagram and TikTok specifically. Remember that TikTok me and you did, Jomi, of the Jedi? Yeah, dude, they love that. Everybody was cracking up. I'm, people came up to me in the office like, yo, Van, that, 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 that thing Van did, that was funny. I was like, all right. Here's the sure. thing about Jomi. When you see Jomi, you always know that there's a chance that you're going to have to do work. Tough. And and I'm not really, Jomi doesn't really think about it. He's very selfish. Oh, like, well. I'm there getting ready for another podcast and I'm not thinking about it. And like, I don't want to make a video, but yeah. the videos always come out good. Honestly, Jomi is like, you're Jay-Z and Jomi's the cousin at Christmas dinner. He's just like, yo, 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 dude, hey. Can you just do this TikTok for me real, real quick? Can you like, can I have some peace of mind? Please. Yeah. I'm trying Does to Jay Z's family bother him like that? That's what he you said. You see that? Motherfuckers yeah. are killing Jay Z. No, oh, he, really? he didn't want to give his cousin five thousand dollars for his uh his little uh his business. Then Jay Z then Jay Z released that he actually had another cousin that had a wing business and he gave him the money. So Jay Z hit back. Wow, Jesus! <laughs> you should have taken, <laughs> taken lunch with Jay Z. You should have taken lunch with Jay Z. Oh, Steve, look at you. 
aware of the black Twitter trends. That help you get a couple of dates there <laughs> <laughs> with a Tasha or an Alondra. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Um, programming reminders. This Saturday, Jess will be back with Splash Page, breaking down all the Easter eggs in the premiere of Loki season two. And there are a shit ton of them. There are so many Easter eggs in there that I, even I could spot some of them. And I'm not a good Easter egg hunter. Jess is really good at that. And there are other people around the internet who are really good at that. But I'm not good at spotting the Easter eggs. I don't know what it is. I wonder what, what kind of talent do you need to be good at spotting the Easter eggs? Like, what do you need? Freeze frame. Free, oh, well, there's like, boop. That. Yeah. On Monday, Button Mash is breaking down Assassin's Creed Mirage and revisiting 2018's Spider-Man. Okay. Here's the deal. I saw, uh, uh, not 2018 Spider-Man. I'm not sure if it's the new Spider-Man or whatever. I saw that they had Peter Parker and he was in a special suit. Or excuse me, actually, they had Spider-Man and he was in a special suit. And it was like the Spider-Monkey suit or something like that. Right, yes. That's one of the DLC costumes that you can get in, okay. uh, so in the new Spider-Man inside, game. Who's inside? I just want a question. Oh, question. my. So, oh, wait, 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 it's a Dog. question I saw no. on Twitter. No. I think it's a good no. question. Fuck who's this. inside Fuck of the suit? This. Because it, you have to be careful, right? Because it's a Miles game. Like You have to be careful. You play as Peter and Miles, to be fair. All right. All right, now. This is the type of, see, this is the type of shit that they put in games and... Like, there's little fucking jokes that they're trying to get their little jokes off, and then we don't see it. Wasn't no monkey suit on the last game. That's all I'm saying. Whatever. Oh, my. Uh, You you got to relax. Okay, whatever. (laughs) That's fine. On today's show, um, I care about the community. You guys know the portrayal of the community. Uh, We're discussing the first episode (laughs) of Loki Season 2. Guys, we're back in the MCU. How does it feel? Feels great. Oh, uh, y'all niggas hate Marvel. Oh my God, bro. Like, uh, bro, we are not beating the burnt out allegations, man. Who y'all said that? Like, like, y'all, y'all hate This Marvel, has nothing bro. to do with my feelings on Loki season two. We will get in that. I'm burnt the fuck out. Y'all heard state of the MCU. Like, come on, man. Wow. They don't they don't get the they don't get the cause when we first started the Midnight Boys, it was I was like. Hooray! New show! You, you just don't get that off top. You got to work for it. Wow. It's awesome. okay. All right. Loki, spoiler warning. Everything up to this date, that means the brilliant Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. That means Loki season one. <laughs> brilliant is not the word I would Into the Spider-Verse. Well, not, not into the Spider-Verse. That means Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. That means everything. Everything in the MCU. Multiverse up to of this Madness. Point. Multiverse yeah. of Madness. Absolutely. All of that stuff being spoiled about to happen right now. Steve, give me the spoiler warning. We're getting ready to talk about ah, Loki. You're listening to a reaction podcast. The spoilers are coming. To begin our reactions, as always, we have to put you deep, deep, deep in the know. And the only way to do that is the Midnight Manifest. Chuck, take it away. All right, this is your Midnight Manifest for the first episode of Loki Season 2, directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, written by Eric Martin. 
Loki is on the run from Mobius, who's forgotten who the Norse god is, along with the rest of the TVA, which is dominated by Kang now. Loki tries to escape, but begins time-slipping throughout the TVA. Meanwhile, in the present, Mobius and Hunter B-15 debate whether they should tell their colleagues that they've all been plucked from their time stream and had their minds wiped to work for the agency. X-5, a soldier from the Judges Council, tells Mobius and B-15 that General Docs and Judge Gamble would like to see them. Mobius and B-15 debate the merits of informing the TVA about their true history, when Loki time-slips into the room and tells the group everything he knows about he who remains. Mobius decides before he can do anything, he needs to take Loki to repairs and advancement to stop his time slipping. When they get to the department, they meet Aurora Boris, who tells the duo they need to get the temporal aura extractor to the temporal loom so it can pull Loki directly out of the timeline. Loki and Mobius spend the rest of the episode getting into time shenanigans and successfully extracting Loki from the timeline. And soldiers from the TVA begin an operation to supposedly take out Sylvie. And that has been your first Midnight Manifest for Loki Season 2. Instant reactions. We're going to start it off right here. What did we like? Charles, go for it. Yeah, this will surprise y'all. I, this, this tickled my fancy. I was very fucking plugged in. I like this first fucking episode. It was dope. Mm, Let's go! Yeah. Let's go! <laughs> Charles is back. Yes. Yeah. Oh, We've never no. been more back. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Woo! Steve, I was not expecting that. Steve, day. give me some fireworks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, Yo, Charles. Stop being assholes. God damn. Yeah, right, I so was. All right, here's the thing. I came in worried. You know, we don't have Michael Waldron, who was the head writer, or Kate Shout Aaron out to Michael coming Waldron. back. Mm-hmm. Shout out Michael Waldron. It's yeah. a new team. Eric Martin was in the writers' room for the uh, the first season, but I was like, okay, so new team. We are all burnt out by the MCU. We don't have to get back into that. And I don't, I, I actually did not know what a Loki season two could do to make me enthused because I love the first season of Loki, but everything that came after it in terms of the multiversal saga, I was a little like, I am burnt out on the multiversal saga. And I just thought that in a very, very beautiful way, this episode was just a back to basics where you get a bunch of great actors doing what they do. It's not as much as this is supposed to be about saving the world. It still felt small and intimate. It still felt like, okay, this is a workplace comedy. This is about Loki. This is about Mobius and all of these people and their emotions. And to me, that is what I didn't realize that I wanted um, and it wasn't until after I was just like, oh, I wanted them to just nail a small story again. I wanted to see characters that I loved and believe in um, have to overcome shit. Very simple stuff. I didn't really care about the machinations of, of Kang as much as I cared of them like Loki, Mobius, they're best friends. Fucking OB. I love OB. Kihoi Kwan, who plays um, OB, did an amazing job. I was just kind of blown away by how intimate it was. What about you, Van? I absolutely couldn't couldn't echo those sentiments more. I I think the show gave you a bunch of little things to solve. I think Marvel is always trying to solve the big thing, right? Like uh, ever since we've come away from um, from the end of the Infinity Saga, it's always been this big, huge things that we're trying to solve. This one starts off Loki's glitching up. He's glitching up because of what happened at the end of the last season. You don't know how long that's going to last. Part of me was like, are they going to glitch this guy for like, you know, time slip him for three or four episodes? They don't. They don't. 
they let that be the big, huge thing to do in this episode. And inside of doing that, right, inside of figuring out his time slipping, we see Sylvie. And we are reminded of the real uh, foundation of this show, which is the relationship between Loki and Sylvie. So, I mean, that's storytelling, right? Storytelling is here. We have something that the audience can see. It's a big, huge deal. It's a, it's a great effect. We use that to, A, introduce a new character, OB, um, who is a delight to see on screen. Number one, we use that to rally all of the characters around our lead that we remember from the last season. And then at the same time, we use that as a vehicle to reintroduce us to what the show really is about. And you have some amazing visuals this show manages to not suffer the same pitfalls as other television properties do. That's both on the MCU side and on the Star Wars side, as we've been doing Star Wars for the last couple of weeks here. It looks beautiful. And when it's not beautiful and it's clearly on a set, uh, it still looks quirky and otherworldly enough to that so that you can be dripping with the scenery of the show. You can fall into it like you are in a movie theater. Thought it was great. Thought the new characters worked great. The chemistry is on point. It was well-paced. This is a fantastic first episode. Maybe the best first episode of a second season of any of these shows that we've had. I mean, maybe besides The Mandalorian. I I think this might be my favorite just first episode for the MCU in general. Wow. If I'm going to be okay. real. Because and to your point, I think when I was watching this, they they use TV as like a feature, not a bug. And what I mean by that is everything feels tactile. The world feels thought out and real. Like I can touch it. And that's something that I feel like the other shows, just across fandom, this, isn't, this is all big budget shows. They were like, all right, how can we make this world feel huge, but still make it feel like, oh, this is a place. I know places like this. This is happening in a real world. It's not happening on the volume or a green screen. And I just kind of wish, I'm like, damn, if they're going to make more of these shows, I would like them to be small in this way. And not small in terms of their stakes, but small in terms of, I can feel this and it feels real and they don't always need to be solving the fucking like equation to save all of humanity. Right. This episode, like, even though that is part of this episode, oh, the bigger part... Is. <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah right? no, but really, I wasn't worried about the fucking universe. I was worried about Mobius and Loki and whether both of them would survive, which is weird because I'm just like, wait, they're talking about all of, like, humanity and I don't give a fuck. I just care about these two people and I haven't felt that way in Marvel in a while. And just to be honest, just, there, there's another thing that happened, just cool scenes that use the the tricks and the rules of the world. One of the best scenes I've seen in a Marvel television show, uh, even huge action pieces, all of that stuff, one of the best scenes is when Loki is time-slipping from the future to the past uh, in front of OB, and (laughs) OB is learning his... (laughs) In, in real, real time, time. Real time. And yeah. His and he's learning his past or remembering his past in real time. That's brilliant, and that's just an, another reason. You know, you know, if we go back to the writer's strike or to what these creatives mean to our lives and to this industry, that's somebody's pen. 
course it's well acted. Of, uh, of course it's well shot, but that's somebody's pen. That's somebody caring enough about story to be daring with it. It's fantastic. Mint Boys, what'd you have? Man, uh, I'm not as burned out as MCU as you guys are, I think. But at the same time, it's always a breath of fresh air to get something this good. And I mean, you guys, you guys have said it, man. This episode was was really exciting. I think for me, what I loved is getting back to that Mobius Loki relationship, man. Like D, D does all the time slipping, and they're in the elevator. They're having that conversation, and he's like, "It looks bad. It looks terrible. It's scary." He time slips, and he's like, "God, how like how was that?" And then he turns to like, "There's apparently somebody else in the elevator." And the camera just like pans pans over over to this person who's scared out of their mind. And I'm like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. They're bickering down in repairs and advancements with OB, you know, like the whole thing about like the skin versus um, having to prune yourself. I was just like seeing that again, like brought me back into the world. And like you guys said, man, the pen game, seeing um, OB, it was all it was all great. I cannot wait to see more. I'm I'm so excited that we're starting off on this uh, this high of a high, man. It was it was incredible. I I was blown away not only at like the the storytelling and the filmmaking at hand here, but I was genuinely coming into this with a lot of excitement, not only because Loki was arguably a lot of our favorite, if not the favorite MCU TV show that came out. This is the first season 2 that an MCU show has ever existed. Like, yeah. This is the first time that we've gotten a season two from an MCU show. So the idea of making a quote unquote sequel to a TV show, because that's how Marvel tends to do these things. They don't make it an immediate continuation of a story like this yet. And the opportunity to continue exactly where we left off in a Marvel story, immediately pick up the pace with all of these characters that we were immediately coming with and like I was kind of impressed because like I rewatched most of season all of season one. And then to know that like you you might actually need to watch all of season one to like really keep up with this in a good way because there's an immediacy to the problem that is left off at the end of season one to now. A lot of things are going on, not only to the idea that this small section underneath the TVA with Obi and Loki are trying to more or less fix the entire thread of time in the in the in the first episode and you know we have trying Mobius. to save the TVA yeah, so I yeah. try to save the TVA yeah. by staring into the timeline itself and the flow mm-hmm. of time itself and then Mobius nearly risks his life in a ridiculous spacesuit that's almost breaking down there's so many good things about this this like means this, this, this means something to me man Charles what does Loki get right that other MCU shows, this is for everyone, before we even get down to a a, a run or running through the episode. What does Loki get right that other MCU shows have been getting wrong lately? I think that Loki, what Loki does better than all of them really is that they make a self-contained world that is meant for TV. Um, they're looking at the format of storytelling that they're in And they're saying, all right, how can we use this to the best of our abilities? And instead of them reaching for, as much as we all loved it, we don't get He Who Remains until the last episode. You know what I mean? They're not giving us that us right away. And I think as MCU fans, there's 
always that tendency of just like, what's the Easter egg? What's the moment? What is the thing that we can constantly call back to? And what I think season two especially did in this first episode that I loved is I'm like, they're using the same characters. They're not being like, oh, well, all of this stuff has happened with Ant-Man and Doctor Strange and maybe we can bring in Wong and da-da-da-da. For the purposes of this, they're like, no, you know our players. It is Loki, Mobius, B-15. We have OB, all of these characters. And I think that is something that is very, like, ballsy to do in terms of a season two where it's like you want to get bigger. And this almost felt like it was doing the opposite. So I, w- I, I think every show, when they look at it, is like, can we do a She-Hulk show? Like, is a She-Hulk show something that we can do with the limit, like with the limit, uh, the limitations of this medium. Same thing with Moon Knight or Loki. Not a lot of CGI, just a lot of people in rooms talking. And even the writer for this season was just like, "Yeah, we were worried the first season. We didn't know if that was what people wanted." And this second season comes from people who are like, "Okay, people like this better when it's two people in a room talking and bonding." Yeah, I mean. You know, I'm interested to hear what Jomi and Steve have to say about it too. Like, what what does what does Loki get right that other uh, MCU properties get wrong? Because the the positivity is flowing right now, and I don't want to do the comparing and the contrasting thing the entire season, but just based upon the feelings right now, to, to the question posed to you guys, what, what Wait, do you think? Really quick, also just have to say this. They have actual movie stars, which, if I'm being like my realist self, kind of helps. Like having Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson on your show, it's like really hard to fuck that up. Sam Jackson and Don Cheadle aren't real movie stars. Damn. Jesus whoa, Christ! Damn. Whoa! 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 I think I have to do something. You guys are pulling out. You guys are pulling out too. Wait, 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 wait. I think I don't know. I think we have to do something. We have to award a transatlantic slave point to someone other than Steve right now. Wow! Uh, I, I Charles is a tra- he really is a trailblazer. You really are. We're talking about two Academy Award nominees in uh, Don Cheadle and Sam and, Jackson. And what about the rest of the, the fucking ones we got? Hey, 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 hey. Hey, Olivia hey. Coleman's an Academy Award winner. No, we're Take, talking about movie. Like, there's a Owen Wilson is only like they're movie stars. Okay, like there's a difference. Take the task. <laughs> you gotta like take. You gotta. You gotta y'all tell me Jeremy t- Renner's a movie star. That's what y'all tell me. Yeah. 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 Technically, no. by the, uh, the definition uh, wait, 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 of movie are star. Are you fucking? Are you nuts? You know, a couple like, billion G- dollars under his yeah, belt. You know, Jeremy, what I'm saying? Jeremy Renner is definitely a movie star. He's a bigger movie star than Tom Hiddleston. Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, whoa, whoa, you're telling me now. You're telling me now in 2023, Jeremy Renner's stock is higher than Tom Hiddleston's. I'm telling you that Jeremy Renner. No, is answer, a the question, bigger, answer the question. Wait, whoa, 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 answer the question, man. Answer the question, man. Because you're trying to get a second season Hawkeye. You're trying to get a second season Hawkeye. You're trying to get a second You're arguing like Owen Wilson bigger than Jeremy Renner. You're trying to change. The I'm fucking just saying thing that was said. <laughs> Jeremy Renner is definitely a bigger actor, a bigger movie star than Tom Hiddleston. In 2023? I'm sorry, he's bigger, bro. He's In bigger, 2023. Bro. If this if this was fucking 10 years ago, I would agree with you. In 2023. 10 years ago? 
the, wow, you are hating on Renner, Renner, Renner. You are hating. I get what you're saying, though. But to, to say that this no, way No, I'm not. Jeremy Renner was supposed to be the guy. I remember I was at fucking Mission Impossible. I was in the theaters when they were trying to convince me that this was the next Tom Cruise. Can we no, be wait. real, Van? No, hold on. Hold Charles on. is just tweeting through it right well, now. I don't understand. I don't agree with Chuck, but then you got to see, like, Born too. Like, ah... You know what I mean? Like they gave my man so many chances to be the guy. I'm like not he's dope. I, that's I'm not, not saying, a, that's, I'm no. not saying that you guys are wrong, but what I'm saying is when you have to look at the when you look at the whole body of work, you're talking about the town, you're talking about the hurt locker, you're talking about Wind River, which is a great fucking yeah, but movie. The, Hiddleston that, ain't got those movies bruh, were a is, while ago. Bro, Hiddleston is basically Loki, dog. Like, I mean, I'm not even dissing him, but he's Basically, Loki and Owen, this is a comeback for him. Like, his oh, block was cold. We're not going to disrespect Owen Wilson like this right. now. Okay. Well, That's hey, Owen Wilson, res- bro. Respect Lightning McQueen. Like, I fuck God with damn. It. I, fuck, I fuck with it. I'm saying, like, it's not like... I'm just saying, like, it's different. Like, this show is different than Miss Marvel. You feel me? Like, it's different than The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. No, no shots at Mackie, but... Anthony Mack... Okay. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go. Anthony Mackie was treating Anthony Mackie like dog. This is our Captain America. Like, let's not do this. Let's not play this game. First of all, how did did, did the positivity train just go to (laughs) us slandering all MCU? I want to say something real quick. People weren't asking whether or not Anthony Mackie is our Captain America. That's not what they were asking. They were asking whether or not Falcon. Is our captain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shout out to Anthony Mackie. Anthony you Mackie bullshitting now, G. man. You I'm know saying you Anthony Mackie is... The, look, leave that man alone while he's trying to enjoy the game. Anthony <laughs> Mackie is, is, is dope. All right, uh, you guys. You guys got any thoughts on what makes Loki different than other MCU properties? I think what makes it different is... I mean, you just had like a 90-minute conversation about it. But Tom Hiddleston, man, like... He's been playing Loki for 12 years. You know, and across the MCU, it's re- like, you know, you had Downey do it for like 11. You had, um, what's his name? Chris Evans play Captain America for like eight years straight, right? But to see Hiddleston continue to rel- like relish in this role and treat it like something new every time, I think it elevates the show to a level that the other ones can't can't see, right? For the most part, we're seeing either new characters or people not really like, you know, putting the same time. They haven't put the same type of time in, or it's just not. It's definitely not the same, right? The way that Tom Hiddleston does Loki is just like head and shoulders above a lot of the the, the other main characters. And so when you're watching it, you feel it. Like that's just what it is. You feel it, and it comes across. It came across last season. It's coming across in episode one. Yeah, he's just like he's just a different beast. Like you know, did I don't, you just I don't say think that Charles all is the right. other? Did you, did you just say all the other MCU characters that we're left with, the main characters, are cheeks? Basically, look, I, I don't have time to get into. Man, it. we don't have Charles. Time to you're get just into ready it. to pounce. <laughs> we don't have time to get into ready it. to pounce. That's what he said. So unfair. <laughs> so unfair. I I, I want to piggyback on what Jomi said. I want like I I feel like it's style and substance with what Loki season one and it seems like two is doing where season one was a bit of a like intimate character study, a lot of conversations and cool looking rooms and a lot of meaningful writing. This 
seems to be a bit more of a exciting, thrilling adventure along with some like fun character moments. This is, I got a feeling that the season isn't going to be as like methodically paced or as like inward looking to the character of Loki or who Loki is. I think it's going to be a bit more of a, okay, there is a big problem. If Loki is our hero, he needs to grapple with the idea of becoming one. And now we have this great team alongside him to fix all of these problems. I like that. I think that's a great evolution of what season one was. And it doesn't feel like another cog in the Marvel machine. Even if it, even if to some other people that are naysayers or detractors for this opening of season two, at least it's a lot shinier. At least it's a lot well, wait, better. You know, this, this is a pr- like some people are pretty split on what people are uh, on what people are saying. Right, some this. critics though have watched more episodes. Or I just watched the first. Yeah, I think right. people are talking about like the like whatever many episodes they got. Uh, I don't think they're talking about the. Yeah, but the I feel like we're all acting like we didn't just come off a of secret invasion. And like, if you're saying that's a five and this is a five, come on. Like, we don't need to. Look, no. I, I think there are questions that are going to get answered throughout the. I actually didn't watch ahead. Just to let everybody know, for screeners here, we received four episodes. Uh, I am a lesson learner. Okay. <laughs> and so I decided that what rather than watch the rest of them, I would watch one as many times as I could. And just go through the episode and try to I get watch a feel. I watched all four of their ass. Just kidding. I just <laughs> watched <this. laughs> um, and, and even though Joe was trying to get us to watch ahead, uh, Joe was trying to... We learned our lesson, Joe. My friend, Joe. Joe was telling us how to run our family. Um, uh, <laughs> That's not... Blood. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love that movie. Did you just tell me how to run my family? I'm going to come into your house tonight while you're sleeping. I'm going to cut your throat. Daniel, why are you telling me I cut your throat and saying crazy things? Um, but no, so I, I think that we've been left with a lot of questions. Number one, you know, there's a rift between Loki and Sylvie. Uh, there is a post credit scene here where Sylvie is introduced in Broxton, Oklahoma, um, which, of course, in the comic book is where you guys go do all your research that's a big city in terms of the comic books and loki and asgard comes above the city uh, and then the whole nine bunch of stuff happens go 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 read up um sylvie is there we get our mcdonald's commercial which i'm really interested in how you know mcdonald's uh played into this entire thing how much of the bill that they foot you oh know, i bet the it, bag it, was dropped i bet the bag was dropped i thought it was interesting that we got her in the post credits because her and Loki are at odds. Well, oh, remember they were at the end of, the, of last season. Her and Loki are at odds about what he wanted to happen, what she actually did. She did what she thought was right, and that released chaos on the entire timeline. Whoa, sure, whoa, the sacred timeline mutual. is gone. Loki well, said it was mutual. Don't forget. Did you, <laughs> did you both kick each other into timelines <laughs> at the same time? Simultaneously? <laughs> no. Well, attention, you say that, Van, because... That wasn't the first time we saw Sylvie. Oh, we remember? Was it? We saw the future version of Sylvie. The future yeah. version of Sylvie. And uh-huh. she's opening the elevator door. And she's right. like, I found you. And then Loki, who at the time was had been looking for a time stick to get pruned, gets pruned by who? who? Somebody. Don't know who that was. He just, he, he, he gets pruned. He's gone. 
me and Kalika had to run that back a couple of times until we realized that they don't tell you who pruned Loki in that situation, which is yet another mystery. He doesn't bring it up either, but we don't know how he got pruned. I thought that, I legitimately thought that Loki would be lost to time and we would find out what that means. I legitimately thought that Loki would be lost to time and, you know, Mobius would come back and we would find out what it meant to be lost to time and he would have to find his way out of that in some way. And, but and that, I'm minute. really glad that they didn't immediately go with the premise that was left at the end of season one, which was like, nobody knows who Loki is. Mobius is like having to basically chase down Loki because he thinks he's a wild variant and that's it. But like they fix that being like, okay, if he has slipped through time, he just needs to find the Mobius that knows him. And they do that within this first episode. Not to say that like I'm disappointed that they abandoned the premise, but like I feel like that would just be too hard of a reset for the beginning of this season. Isn't that what good TV does though? Like good t- like when you watch a good TV show, it's like they give you everything in like the first season. And then the second season, it's like, they're like, all right, we're going to clean up the toy chest and then we're going to get all the friends back together. I'm like, think about the boys. The boys is great about doing that, where by the end of the boys, you're just like, how the fuck are they going to do a second season? Third season? How are they getting out of this one? How are they getting? And then like, they just do the TV magic trick of just like, all right, we're going to spend the first 15 minutes of our episode getting everybody back on the board. And that's actually what I think made me feel like I was in good hands because I'm like, okay, people who understand TV are making this. Are we at all disappointed that we didn't spend any more time or it doesn't seem like we're going to get to spend more time in the version of the TVA where they're aware of Kang and Kang is the ruler and the statues are all of Kang? There was so much intrigue leaving off on the last season uh, with that, with the statue being of Kang, with them with all of that stuff, right? There was so much intrigue there, uh, almost like a fake Planet of the Apes type ending with the new statues. You guys have seen it all, I'm sure. But is there any disappointment that we didn't get any more time with that version of the TVA? It's pretty much gone now. No, absolutely not. I'm actually <laughs> Like, if we're going to be real, uh, there's two elephants in the room. The first is Quantumania, and the more serious is the very real... Uh, accusations against Jonathan Majors. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that this was the plan at all. I think they wrote the episode that they wanted to write. But I do think because we got so much Kang in Quantumania, I was like, no, I'm actually very, very excited for this to be Loki, Mobius, new people, go, even the going to see the judges. I think if you would have told me after season one, oh, the second season the first episode, we're not going to get that much Kang. I would have been like, that's the biggest mistake. And after everything that's happened, I'm like, oh, I think they understood something fundamental that this still needs to be a show about Loki in a way that like Ahsoka, those first couple episodes were like, Who's, whose show is this? And I think that Loki is like, this show is about Tom Hiddleston. He has to be driving this and we will get to the Kang stuff later. I thought that that worked. Uh, were you were you disappointed? Yeah. No, I wasn't disappointed. I thought it was an interesting choice. Um, it's not so much about Loki in that situation to me because you know it's a Loki and he they don't know who he is. It's a different timeline. The entire thing is going on. It's not so much about Loki in that situation to me. It's more about 
what that world looks like um, after the death of He Who Remains. Because after the death of He Who Remains, the sacred timeline is gone. Being that there's no edict to, I guess, maintain the sacred timeline or all these timelines are coming together, I wanted, wanted to know what glitch that really threw into that TVA. What do they know now that they didn't know before? Uh, if that meant that Renslayer was around a little bit more, I wanted to know a little bit more about it. Um, I'm not tripping, but but, I, but we did. They, we did get the recording of Renslayer we and did. Kang talking. Yeah. So they are. I do think that they are giving us the drip feed of what the TVA is. If they gate, I do think that like that is going to be the through line of this season. And they didn't want to just blow the whole fucking thing on the first episode, you know? Right. Probably right. Probably right. Uh, OB. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Like, just so good. Isn't OB amazing? OB is so fucking great, bro. OB, we got new characters this season. What do you guys think? I was mad on OB's behalf, if I'm I'm not going to lie. Why? About what? What? He needs to make a one-man union because, goddamn, they got him like they're fucking driving him like a little slave master. When they fucking when the the contraption drops the invention and he has to like run and do something and run back, I'm like, he doesn't get any help. Has, does nobody visit Ob? Is he I got just, a feeling that this is like more of the like I'm the only one that can do what I can do. No, he's a one-man. So it's all Oompa-Loompa. on me. Like he, at least the Oompa Loopas got more of their own. They can rise up against the master. Mm. Ob is one, probably because he's too powerful. He might be getting some pretty good pizza parties. He doesn't seem to be complaining too much. Ob said he's very happy to be a part of a team. It seems yeah. like this is his passion. Oh, he's been down there alone for like four hundred years. So four hundred some years. Do you think yeah. that is that okay? Because this happens sometimes, right? You know, you have somebody in your family, and um, you <laughs> know something. Just think about it. Think about this. It's like. You have somebody in your family that let's say they make a good cake or something like that. And yeah, they like make a good. We had I had an aunt and she made a mocha chocolate cake like crazy. She drive my mom crazy, right? Because nobody makes food better than my mom. My mom is just like fat nigga's dream. See what I'm saying? My mom, whatever it is, my mother can make it. My mother does different interesting things with food. She got the whole fucking thing popping off the top. She's the greatest. But there was a gr- an aunt that made a great mocha chocolate chick, mocha chocolate cake. And whenever it was time to have a mocha chocolate cake, we reach out to her and say, hey, you make a mocha chocolate cake. And my mother was like, maybe maybe there was a little hatred here. You know what I mean? Maybe there was a little bit of hating. Like, why don't y'all leave that woman alone? Damn. Leave that woman alone. She always want to just make cakes for people. And my dad would be like, no, she likes it. She likes to make cakes. Wait, did you and- guys reach out to her at any other point besides when a new cake was needed? Not really. Damn. That's and, fucked and, up. And, that's and, fucked and, up. No, 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 no. That's bad. That's, that's, that's rough. Tough. I mean, she was around. Like a she black, would come a black to woman can't get love? The only time she gets love is when you need something from her? Damn. I didn't say that. Damn. What I'm saying is, is she was around, so she Man. would come to family events, but I wasn't just like calling her up. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't just that's calling her up. But it wasn't just me. It was the whole family. So it makes it better if there's Yo, more people doing it? But we would, we would see her. Like, she would come to functions and stuff. You'd see her a couple of different times, you know? But it's like, hey, you want to make one of them cakes? she made the cake. And then my mom would be like, she's like, no, she likes making the cake. And then there was this whole conversation about whether or not she liked making the cakes 
or whether or not we convinced ourselves <laughs> that she liked making the cakes so that we could continue to ask her to make the cakes over and over and over again. And that's the question think? with OB. Looking back on it now, I think it's a little bit of both. No. <laughs> it can't be. There could be a harmonious like give and take with family. I think she liked making the cakes, and we probably overestimated how much she liked <laughs> making the cakes because we liked her making the cakes, and that's probably what's going on with OB. OB probably loves his job, loves being down there, but at the same time, he was really happy that somebody came down there to say hello, which tells oh, you. Oh, I was heartbroken <laughs> that fucking Mobius didn't remember him. But it, like Obi, it, it just did not fucking matter. Like Obi's like my boy is back after 400 years. <sighs> Can I also just say, you want to know what's really brilliant writing about that scene? As someone who did not rewatch the last season of Loki before this, when they're talking about, when they're talking and you're seeing how time is working and they start, even mentioning stuff like the temporal aura, fucking shitter, and the loom and all this stuff, it gave me the same feeling that that scene in Tenet did when John David Washington is talking to the woman. She's just like, don't try to understand it. Just feel it. And I love that they just keep throwing so much time travel shenanigans, but it doesn't really need to matter. Like everything that they're saying isn't as important as the emotions that they are trying to convey, which and- is... Oh, what were you going to say, Steve? No, but, and that's what stops me. That's what stops my eyes glazing over every time they say all of this time jargon. Yes. Because the immediacy and the urgency that was portrayed before carries over to all of that jargon, to all of the stuff that they're trying to do. It's like, okay, we just need to fix a thing, and we're talking about fixing the thing. But what's actually important is the fact that like, oh, well, I don't want my skin to fall off. Why would my skin be falling off? Oh, that's just what happens to me. What happens to Loki? Well, you don't want to know about the spaghetti incident. Like that's that's the, the actual argue, yes, good the shit. argument about which one was worse tells yeah. you way more than all of the fucking bullshit jargon. Like, and that's what I'm like. That's good writing. I love this. I want more of that from the MCU. <sighs> I got to be honest. I, I'm glad that we're talking about it. I'm glad that it was mentioned, but I just have to say it whenever this movie is mentioned. Watching Tenet, it was one of the top five worst experiences of my life. Tenet sucks. Terrible. Watching Tenet in the drive-in movie theater during COVID, looking for any reason to feel inspired. That was a dark time. It was one of the top five worst experiences of my life. We drove way the fuck out there to see the movie. We're watching the movie. We can't understand shit. The shit is fucking terrible. At one point, it's I almost true. got almost um, got emotional inside of Tenet because I was like, "Well, I'll ever enjoy anything ever again." Have you have you rewatched it recently? I'm like, this is a Christopher Nolan movie. Like, I I I have to like this. This is Christopher Nolan. Like, can I can I enjoy something? Can I feel good? I'm gotten there and like within the first 15 minutes, I'm like, man, this shit is ass. Is I can't understand. <laughs> it's terrible. Terrible. And, I, terrible and I got emotional. Uh, first got of all, emotional, the first man. hour, the first hour of Tenet is perfect. Everything that comes after is kind of whatever, but like the first hour is fucking bananas. So this is what I'll do. This is what I'll do. I will, when we're all together, we can do a podcast. We can do a video pod, <laughs> Tenet watching session. I'll give Tenet another chance because maybe it was the frame of mind that I was in. I never went back to that shit. That movie is fucking insanely dumb, bro. 
I would just it's like to point so out dumb, for bro. the listeners, dumbass movie, bro. That for it's everybody dumb. listening under the sound of my it. voice, it's stupid. These two it's... jobbers right here are the same people <laughs> who like the last Matrix movie. That's all I'm gonna say. That's good point, Jomi. There's a whole point. Check me. Whole, we give a shit about the story. So There's before, a whole lore before, into it. There's before we get lore. off on this, I need I need your opinion, Van. Before we really do quick, because people are people are debating. Got to relax. You got to relax, bro. What? See why you like Tenet so much. Wait, get, y'all don't get, even know what I'm about to say. Nah, you really, before we get off, do get you off think Tenet? Jesus Christ. Jeez. Anyway, does John David Washington have the juice? Like we have, we have we some samples. I, 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 I can't. I can't do this. Wait, I can't do this. Wait, I, I can't I, do this. I can't I'm, do this. <laughs> y'all, y'all can have this conversation. I can't. I can't have this conversation. Oh wait, y'all, y'all can have this conversation. No, no, I can't. Streets is too hot. Let's move on. I can't do this. No, don't cut it. Leave it. Leave it. No, leave it. Like leave it. Leave it in. <laughs> I can't do this stuff. I, I forgot I can't you, Mr. TMZ. No, 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 no. no. I, just, I, can't, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Um. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Loki's pulled out of the time stream. After Loki's pulled out of the time stream, I, I guess my question is: Do you guys? from the first episode of this uh, series, this season, should I say. Do you guys have a good idea of what the series, what the season is going to be about? Do you have a good idea of what Loki's mission here is? Do you think, because watching it with Kalika, I think the only thing that she was kind of wondering, everyone loved it. I think the wonder is enough to keep people going. I think the only thing she was kind of wondering is what our mission here is going to be. I know that he wants to find Sylvie, um, but like what we're doing, not to, to use a Charles, what are we doing here? Is I think. <laughs> there was um, a little bit of that. Uh, there, was a, yeah. there was just a sprinkle, just a tad of what are we doing here. But because everything else was operating on such a level, I did not mind. In terms of, yes, I do think that traditionally, especially in a first, what a first episode back in season two has to do is it has to set the table for, all right, this is kind of the mission of the entire season. And I think they kind of hinted at it in some places, but there was a little bit of where are we going and what's going to be the thing that is that is driving them? Because I know what Mobius and B-15 are kind of after. I don't really fully understand what Loki is after yet. I Besides think, trying to save Sylvie. I think that's I mean, what it is, though, right? I think the hunt for Sylvie is, is important because Loki was like, you know, while even while I was time slipping, where is she? Like, how can I find her? You know, she's the answer to, like, all this, what happened at the end of time, right? What happened after you kicked me through the door, right? And then we see all those hunters like leaving and I I'm pretty sure like the, uh what's her name Docs and uh X5 right mm-hmm. X5 like, yeah, it's uh I got him right here it's X5 and General Docs yeah X5 and General Docs were like we have to find Sylvie we have to know what happened at the end of time right so I think 
maybe for for the most part, that's what we're going to see for, I don't know, the rest of the season, but at least coming in in the next couple episodes is where is Sylvie? The first, like, it's basically a race to find Sylvie. Where in the world or where across time is Sylvie? And get her to answer questions and get her to understand what has gone on with the timeline. I I think it's a a little bit of a twist on that. I think because there's a very interesting conversation that uh, Loki has with Mobius where he's like basically retelling everything that happened in the finale of season one and saying that like listen we came to the end of time and the bad guy was making sense and mm. there wasn't an easy answer and Sylvie took an easy answer to a very complex problem and I think that that is going to be a calamity and knowing the idea that seemingly infinite Kangs could come from anywhere and we have a very short amount of time to fix this problem Sylvie is kind of the answer to help us fix this. I, I like to think that that's where that's going because if she if we find Sylvie, we have a better chance of solving this. Can I ask then why is the TVA like at the end? Was it ambiguous? The TVA is going after Sylvie, but it felt like there there's like a mystery thing that they want though. I I thought it was like not to search, like look for Sylvie, but also like yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna like murder her. Or something, right? But you know uh, I mean? or also, there's the fact that we have uh, thousands upon thousands of branching, branching timelines, and we don't know what to do with them. I think the I think the TVA is operating, um, because that entire scene, which was a very very key scene with all of the TVA brass in there and all of the mm. judges in there, you see that there is a schism there with who believes that they should still be doing the work of the TVA, which is to maintain the sacred timeline. Um, and at this point, you know, maintaining the sacred timeline means killing a bunch of people so i feel like their whole schism is about like what their function is now like how do you do what you're supposed to do first of all the people that they believe to be the timekeepers aren't real right and so they aren't real the question is who are they maintaining the sacred timeline for what is the purpose of the sacred timeline and like how do they go about doing what really their entire lives have been about, whatever lives that they think that they've had. Who are they? Just all of these questions. The TVA portion of it is one of the more compelling uh, aspects of the show because you're looking at a group, and this is always compelling when this is done in a movie or a television series or in a book or any piece of fiction. You're looking at a group that was so sure of their purpose They were so sure of their purpose. They knew exactly how the rules in their world worked. They knew exactly why they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. They knew all of this stuff, and now they just don't have a clue. So the question is, what do they become? The the split in the faction there, to me, is the most compelling part of the show because some people are going to hold on to whatever they know or whatever they think that they know. It's like a Matrix thing. And some people are going to take the other pill, which is a brand new, in a lot of ways, uh, much more frightening uh, a type of life to where they're out there not sure what they should be doing. Just trying to, you know. No, that's a great point. And it's because it's literally like the first thing the Mobius that we remember says. B-15 is like, yo, what do we do? And he's like, oh, we're supposed to tell all these people that they've been lied to their whole lives and their gods are dead. You know, like, and that sets up this whole episode and I think the, the show going forward, like, how do you reconcile literally? How do you, how do I reconcile that? You know, with all the stuff that they find out, it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see where that leads. Well, but I think the genius of also that scene is that these people are learning that 
essentially they've been pruning and fucking killing a bunch of people, but they're soldiers. So that doesn't hit them as hard as B-15 coming in there and being like, you guys had lives. And that's such a human thing because the looks on some of their faces are like, wait, I have another life out there that isn't this, that isn't mission accomplishment, that isn't governed by the TVA. And I think we saw that with Mobius last last season where it's starting to dawn on him. Who am I outside of this purpose that they've had to give me? They had to mind wipe and give me over and over again. And I like seeing other people having that same process because that's so human. The thing that really gets to them is, wait, is there potentially another life that I'm supposed to be leading that is happier and more fulfilling than this? And it especially works because the TVA reminds you of like a DMV or one of those jobs where you're like, this is so mind-numbingly boring. There has to be something more important than this. And that's just beautiful writing. Mm. Steve, you got anything? It's it, it's 100% true. I, I really, really... It, it, the, the show has a lot to tackle when it tries to do this at, at, in the micro scale of like, okay, so there's like three bureaucrats and Hunter B-15 is yelling at them and trying to figure out, okay, I've been put in time jail. All of the, Sylvie showed me the life that I used to have. It's not a trick. This is no longer about maintaining order. It's about breaking and finding our own order and getting our lives back. I think the beauty of what this show can do in the span of this season is while we found out in season one, like, you know, what makes a Loki tick, basically the heroism that Loki is uh, facing now is giving everybody seemingly the gift of their lives back. That's what they, that's what he wants to find. I think ultimately this will probably be futile because we know that a Kang dynasty movie is coming and there's, there's going to be a lot of bad things that happen, but to know that like we're, we're trying to solve a complex problem with the slowness of bureaucracy at stake here, I think that that's a very fascinating thing, that the villainy is ineptitude. It's mm. pacificity. It's, it's not caring. That's a really, really interesting setup. Then can I ask this to you, Van? Mm-hmm. Would you be upset if Loki season two because we talked about this a lot with Ahsoka. It was a lot about when is Thrawn coming? When is Ezra coming? All of these things. Would you be upset if Loki season two stays this intimate and stays this focused on the TVA? Or do you need something big to launch us into Kang Dynasty and keep the multiversal saga feel like it has forward momentum? Um, that's a great question. Um, I don't think that I do. You know, despite all the things that are happening off the court, Jonathan Majors' character is going to be here. It's going to be um, in this season of television as Victor Timely, as Kang, as whatever other variant that we end up seeing. You know, uh, we saw a lot of the character in the recap. They're not shying away from Jonathan Majors in any way. And I think, just to be honest with you guys, there's so much ambiguity about what's going on with that situation that I don't think that Disney feels compelled to not include Jonathan Majors um, or to downplay his his character in this in any way. I think that a lot of people have different feelings about what's going on there now than they did before. And for whatever reason, 
I, I, I just think that that's probably the case. I think that there wasn't the visceral reaction to seeing him um, that I don't think anyone that I've talked to had had that. And that's, you know, pretty much all I'll say about that. But I do think that a part of this is really going to be about Loki establishing the tone and the structure of the multiversal saga because Loki is the inside of the show uh, lies the DNA of the multiversal saga. These are the building blocks of it. Um, this is where everything kind of got popping. It's where everything got going. And any other additions to that uh, have not been successful. Not really. Um, Multiverse of Madness is actually not a bad movie. I don't know. It kind of gets thrown in with everything else. I just don't think it was the event that people thought that it should have been. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, all of these things that kind of dealt with it have almost just ate around the edges a little bit. And Loki, this is what the show is about. So it does have a responsibility to move the story forward, but it doesn't have to do it in a way that's so grandiose that it takes away from what this story does well, which is, to your point, Charles, tell the tale of the relationships between all of these characters, who they are with one another, who they thought that they were, um, and what they have to do in this weird, kooky, avant-garde situation that they're in. You know, so I think that's the deal with me. So do it might help because did you guys read the article that the EP on Loki season two did with Variety? Because he actually spoke about majors as much as he could in Disney. Um, and basically he was asked, you finished shooting season two in 2022, but did Jonathan Major's arrest for assault in March result in any changes to the show? And he said, no, this is maybe, not maybe. This is the first Marvel series to never have any additional photography. The story that is on screen is a story we set out to make. We went out there with a very specific idea of what we wanted this to be, and we found a way to tell it in that production period. And then he continued saying... Um, when he was basically asked, was there any uncertainty around keeping majors in? No, and that mainly came from, I know as much as you do at this moment, it felt hasty to do anything without knowing how all of this plays out. So to your point, Van, this is not, I'm not going to right now weigh in on my personal views on it, but it did seem that what you were saying, Van, Disney and the creators were like, this is the show, it's coming out. Yeah. So on and so forth. There there it is. Um, Interesting. Very interesting. Well, you guys, that's fucking Loki season two, episode one. My God, guys, we we're loving the show. All four of us love a show at the same time again. When was the last time that happened? We're loving the show. (laughs) Like loving the crew. Remember that? Loving the show. Loving 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 the the show. show. Loving the crew. Loving the show. show. Loving the, loving the show. 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 Special, um, special times, man. Special times. You guys, that's a wrap. Um, that is a wrap. Follow us on socials, Insta, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Coming up on the feed this Saturday, Jess will be back with the splash page breaking down the Easter eggs and the premiere of Loki season two. Easter egg hunt. 
Easter egg hunt. How come the show isn't called Easter? Uh, kind of feel like that's not know, separation of like, church and state a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to paint ourselves into a corner. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, it, like, shouldn't it? Shouldn't there be like a some kind of? Shouldn't it be like the bunny show? Or no. shouldn't it be oh, something? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, it should not. Whoa. What's wrong with the bunny no, show? No, should not. What's wrong Flag with the bunny the show? Play. Whoa, slow down there. The bunny show. Is that something wrong? What, what is do you bunny? mean by that? What, what do you mean by that? <laughs> we're going to wait. Just like, let's just wait, wait, give wait, 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 wait. What does, I mean, I'm not saying that she should change the name of her show. I'm just saying Easter eggs. It's like, shouldn't it be something Easter related? Like Cadbury, the show? Couldn't it be called that? That's right. Right. If, Cad, if Cadbury right. wants to drop the bag, then sure. It's, it should. They should get a Cadbury should sponsor. Because Cadbury yeah, eggs are terrible. You don't like it? Nah. I can't. Cadbury eggs are great. I think they're good. Not I like that. Good. On Monday, Fun <laughs> Mash was breaking down Assassin's Creed Mirage and revisiting 2018 Spider-Man. All right, so we're coming back. Spider-Man, which... You know, got to talk about some of the costumes in this look, new one. Look, look, I think I got it, right? So, uh, stone monkey suit. I think that's stone, what you're talking about. Yeah, that's stone monkey about, suit. Stone yes. monkey suit. I'm 98% sure that's a Peter Parker suit. Got to be. It's got to be a Peter suit. So, got to well, be a well, Peter Parker well, suit. Here's the thing. Do people get mad if Peter, Peter wears it? Is it no, no, like, Why would it make a difference if Peter wears it? Is it fucked up that they created a suit that Miles can't? Did they ever have discussions about like, damn, well, we're giving Peter this suit and the minute like he goes into the closet, he's like, can I borrow this? You get into racist territory. Right. It's weird. Or Peter wears the monkey suit next to Miles. uh, You know? It's crazy. So these are the rules, especially when we're we're, we're hyper-focused on it, which is very funny that we're doing this. But I like it. It's funny to me. (laughs) I don't fuck y'all. No, this no, is the no, type no, of no. shit that's funny to no, me. No, no, no. It's not not funny. I just saw, like, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm looking it up, and somebody online was like, am I the only one who thinks the stone monkey shoot should be for Miles, not Peter? And all the comments are like, bro, are you, are you good? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, are you not putting it together? <laughs> like, who's going to tell him? Who's going like, to tell, gonna gonna tell him? Mm. Our producer is Steve, the architect, Almond. Jummy, a dinner on is on socials. Hashtag the Mouthman Chronicles. Got that pergola all in your mouth, daddy. An additional production from Arjuna Ramgopal. Charles, take us out. Tenet absolutely rules. And Loki is still our favorite villain. And to Denzel Washington, I love all of your children. The scene with all of the judges together and everyone. Due to um, sleep. And the hunters. Pulling a Jomi in Sweden. There you go. Putting a Jomi everywhere. <laughs> Pulling a Jomi everywhere. I'll tell you something right now. Like, I'll tell you something right now. The last time Jomi was over here. <laughs> oh, yeah. was hysterical, you he, guys. Mid-sentence. Jomi, like, it was so fucking funny. Like, I'm going to have Jomi go to a sleep study. It was Oh fucking. no, I've been to a sleep No, study. we were concerned. No, I we, was concerned. I, it was I, like I so Jomi had Jomi, I guess you had traveled and you we we it was it was football. Jomi had come right back from traveling 
And we oh, were from ta- Vegas, right from Vegas. That's right. Right from Vegas, dropped a family member off at the airport, to like, my understanding. We would be yeah. running around. We yeah. would be talking to Jomi, and literally it would be like, and then he would wake up and finish his fucking sentence. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it before. We would be talking, and then let's say we're all having this conversation right now. Yeah, Jomi, and then you're just talking hear- to Jomi. And then I, as soon as I start talking to Charles, you hear snoring. I'm like, how can you fall asleep that fast? It's impossible. That's such an old man shit to do. Bruh, like, it's, grandfathers like, do that shit. Yo, it's so impressive. I'm like, it's impossible. I looked at Kalika. I'm like, yo, it's impossible for Jomi to have fallen asleep in the time that the conversation moved from Jomi. Not even then, a minute. That's not even a minute. That's my secret van. I was asleep the whole time. Probably. You would think that he was asleep <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Jomi would be like, that's a terrible play. And I'll be like, what? How did you <laughs> like, your eyes were closed, Jomi. Look what it like, Jomi might be it's Marvel like Batman. superhero. Right. Like Batman, micro sleep. You know what I mean? Right. Just like and then you wake eyes. up, you lied to me. Exactly. Just like that. Like micro you sleep. Lie, three seconds you lie. When wake up, you lied to me. It's fucking That's crazy. That's the funniest thing I've ever <laughs> seen bro, in my I'm life. I'm sorry, bro. Like, it's fucking crazy. Like, Alfred's <laughs> fucked up. Like, oh, why? They put that in. They put that in there for jokes. I'm still anyway. Um, so 